Shalom to all. Today's office is Yushalmi Peyadaf Ayin. We are starting Samach Tesla Beza on the bottom with the words Amr Abelazar and in the Vilna Sur Sadaf is just about the middle of Lamed Vav Aleph. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarabas, Yaakov Maisha, her Nishama should have an Aliyah. Now we're talking about how much Maestro Ani has to be given to a poor person. Sadik Mar tells us Amr Abelazar. Abelazar says, V'chein Erov, the same amount that has to be given to an Ani has to be used for an Erov. This is referring to Erov Tchumen, when a person wants to extend their Tchum, when they want to walk further than usual on Shabbos. So that's to take the amount of food that's used for two sudas and place that down in a certain area. So over here specifically, Reb is referring to wine. However much wine needs to be given to an ani for Maestro Ani, that's how much has to be used for an Erov. I know what on top, says, that's only said regarding wine. But when we're dealing with oil, Marvin by when a person wants to use oil for his Erov, he only has to use the amount for two meals, meaning the amount of oil he would use to dip two meals worth, not the amount of oil he would have for two full meals. I think Mark continues, Tony, we have a bride, Marvin He's going to be using vinegar for his Erev. It's a mat for two meals. And Tony was talking to Bryce. When a person is going to make an Erev with oil, it has to be the amount for two meals. And Rabbi Yirmiya says, It's a mat of oil he's going to need to dip bundled up vegetables for two meals. Why bundled up vegetables? Because that's how they used to eat their vegetables. More about Erev. Rabbi Yitzchak Atoshio said, Before Abzeira, in the name of the base measure of Yanai, if he wants to use raw peas for an Erev, Ma'arvin Behen Mazen Shtesudais, he can make an Erev with them, the amount needed for two meals. Now, for what is this necessary? Reb Meir, this is for a Meir. Why is that? Because Reb Meir says that we're not allowed to use food that's not eaten raw by itself for an Erev. For example, onions. Onions are only eaten with bread. So Reb Meir says that you're not allowed to use onions for an Erev. The Chiddush over here is that according to Reb Meir, you are allowed to use peas for an Erev. Why is that a Chiddush? Shalai Taimars, that you shouldn't say, since eating raw peas makes the mouth very bad smell in Marvin Behen, so therefore you're not allowed to use them as an Erov because a person is not going to eat them because they make his mouth smell bad. That's why we're saying this halacha dafkin and shittas of Meir. Since a person will eat peas by themselves without bread, even though they make his mouth smell bad, he's allowed to use them for an Erov. And then Mark continues, Doug Moliach, salted fish, Marvin Bay is allowed to be used for an Erov. Basar Moliach, Marvin Bay, salted meat is allowed to be used for an Erov. And also Basar Chai, raw meat is allowed to be used for an Erov. The Taninan, we learned in a Mishnah, Habavliyam, the Kahanim from Bavel, they would eat it raw. This is referring to when Yom Kippur would fall out on Erev Shabbos, so the sorry that was the Chatos couldn't be cooked on Yom Kippur, and in a normal year it was cooked Matzim Kippur and eaten by the Kayanim, but this year that we're talking about Matzim Kippur now is Shabbos, so they wouldn't be able to cook it on Shabbos, so what would they do? So the Bavliim, the Kayanim from Bavel, they would eat the meat of this Karman Chatos raw, and the reason why they would do this is B'nai Shedat and Mikulkeles, because their Das was Mikulkel, and they didn't mind eating raw meat, but we see that since raw meat could be eaten, it's allowed to be used as an Erev. We continue, Rav Yudin Bayer, Rav Yudin presented the following, Hadok al kira. What about kalkira? Which is machlekes. What it is? Is it a type of vegetable? Maybe it's a type of fish. Since these kusiyim eat it raw, ma'arvin ba we're allowed to use it for an erov. And more about erov. Shmuel bar Shilas says b'shem rav papuin v'god gedonius v'chalag lagais ma'arvin bahen we're allowed to use all these things for an erov. Ba'in kume they asked in front of Shmuel bar Shilas hiding yinun what are these? So Amrlan he told them kakuli v'hindukuke v'parpachinaya. Is kakuli hindukuke is translated as coriander and parpachinaya is translated as purslane, which is a type of plant that grows. And moving on to Allah, hey, we go back to talking about Maestro Ani. The Mishnah says, This midah, this measure, meaning this amount that we said has to be given as Maestro Ani, is equal when we're talking about Kahanim, Levim, and Yisraelim. It doesn't make a difference who the Maestro Ani is being given to. The same amount has to be
be given to everyone. And the Mishnah says, Hi, Matzil. Let's say this person wants to save Meister Ani for his relatives. He has a bunch of poor relatives, and he wants to make sure those relatives get Meister Ani. So, he's allowed to give half to other people and keep half for his relatives. Let's say he only has a little bit of Meister Ani, so then he has to put it in front of them, and they divide it among themselves, meaning when he only has a little bit, he's not allowed to save for his relatives. Now, the Gemara explains this last part of the Mishnah. Rabbi Yen explained the Mishnah that he's allowed to give half and save half when he has more than the amount needed, meaning he's able to give every Ani that comes by, the minimum amount that we had mentioned previously in the Gemara. So then he gives that amount to those Aniim, and he's allowed to save for his relative. And therefore, the Mishnah is teaching that Hayamatzil, in that case, if he wants to save Maestro Ani for his relatives, he can keep half for his relatives and give half to the other poor people because they're going to be getting the required amount. I know based on top, Avo Bekashir, but if the Maestro Ani that he has is only the perfect shear to give to the people that come by and he doesn't have more than that, so then he would have to put in front of them, and they divide among themselves. In such a case, he's not allowed to keep Maestro Ani to give to his relatives because if he does, he's not going to have enough to give to the other poor people. Now here's a different explanation. Rechizki explains our Mishnah is talking about where he has just the right amount to help the poor people. And even in such a case, he's allowed to save for his relatives. And this is what the Mishnah is saying. If he wants to save Maestro Ani for his relatives, he gives half to the other poor people. He saves half for his relatives. Since he's keeping half and giving half, now that turns it into a davar muat, meaning whatever he has is only a little bit, and therefore, he places in front of the aniyim, and they divide it among themselves. Now, according to many of Farshim, from here in the Gemara until the end is really supposed to be after the next Mishnah, because the next Mishnah is talking about how much we have to give to a poor person that travels from place to place, and these Gemaras right now discuss something similar to that. We're just going to continue the Gemara as is, and we're not going to put the Mishnah over here. We're going to read it where it's located on Dafayan Aleph. And the Gemara says, Tani was taught in Nebraisa, Hamasavin al Psachim, Aniyim, poor people that go from door to door, Ainus Kakan Lahen Lachaldavar. We don't have to invite ourselves to help them out for all different things. Whatever minimum we're supposed to give them, as we're going to see in the next Mishnah, that's enough. We just give them that, and that's it. However, Amar Bien, Rabbi says, As long as you don't give him less than his usual amount, again, which is referring to the next Mishnah, whatever the usual amount is, that at least you have to give him, but you don't have to give him more than that or something else that he might want. Now it seems to me that we have a steer in between our Mishnah and this next Mishnah. Amar, over here you say in regards to Meister Ani, Ein Lanim that we're not allowed to give less than the following amount to an Ani by the Gairin. And how much wheat was that? That was half a kav of wheat, because half a kav of wheat was necessary for two meals. But Vakat Amar, over here in the next Mishnah you say, Ein Lanim makam makam, that we're not allowed to give less than the following to a poor person that's going from place to place. And the next Mishnah says that we have to give him a minimum of a loaf that costs one pundyon when four saw of wheat costs one sella, and that's the amount necessary for two meals. Now here's a little bit of math for you. When a sella buys four saw of wheat, so a pundyon will buy half a cob of wheat. So that means that the loaf given to this poor person contains half a cob of wheat. And again, that's according to his next Mishnah. But according to our Mishnah, if we're going to give the poor person half a cob of wheat, so he's going to have to take care of the grinding, the sifting, and the baking of it himself, and he's going to incur expenses along the way. So that means that according to our Mishnah, we're really giving him less. He's really going to end up with less than half a cob of wheat. According to the next Mishnah, it seems to be that we're giving him a loaf of bread, which has a half a cob of wheat in it. Whereas according to our Mishnah, we're giving him a half a cob 
kav of wheat, and the loaf of bread that he's going to come out with that at the end of the day is less than half a kav. So it seems to be that we have a discrepancy between these two mishnayos. So Gemara answers, Rav Huna Amar, Rav Huna says, Then when this next Mishnah talks about giving him this loaf of bread, we're actually taking out of that loaf of bread, meaning we're deducting from its cost, a third of it, because that's a cost the baker incurs when he takes half a cup of wheat and now wants to bake a loaf of bread with it. So really, the next mission is not telling us that he gets a loaf of bread which has an actual half a cup of wheat in it. It's a half a cup of wheat minus a third. And similarly, Rabbi Yisra Rabon, Mapik Le'ili Nachtemaya, Rabbi Yisra Rabon, he would take out for these bakers, Kadad Rav Huna, based off of this Cheshman Rav Huna, meaning he would deduct one third because of the cost. As long as it's for this shear, meaning wheat is being sold for this price, not more, not less. Now, something about Maestro Ani, the Gemara says, Rabbar Mamel Bal Kumi Rebila, Rabbar Mamel asked him from Rabla. Let's say they saw the poor person leaving the city and then coming back in. Do we have to give him what he would need for the nighttime? As we're going to see in the next Mishnah, there's certain things that we have to give him if he's going to be staying overnight. So the question over here is, we saw him walking out of the city, so it seems to be that he's leaving the city, but then he comes back in. So does that mean that now we have to give him what's coming to him for the nighttime? Or no, maybe the only reason why he came back is because he wants to cheat us, take what we're going to give him for the night, and then walk out of the city and not stay overnight. told him. Hanoisein, noisein, the giver should give, meaning we have to give this ani because it seems to be that he's staying overnight. But the taker, meaning this ani, he has to be careful himself that he's not going to go and cheat everyone and take shalai kadin. In other words, we have our chiv to give the ani because for all intents and purposes, it seems to be that he's going to be here overnight. And if he decides to be dishonest, so that chajbin is on his head, not on ours. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow with a brand new halacha. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.